Thank you for tuning in to today's Baseball America podcast. Our podcast and Facebook Live broadcasts are sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BASHIP to save 20% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Baseball America Draft podcast. I am Carlos Colazzo, a national writer at Baseball America, focusing on the draft. Uh, and we are past the first weekend of Division One baseball. We're back out at the fields. Uh, it's great that baseball's back, and we're out watching players. Uh, and I'm very excited to bring you this podcast, hoping to bring it to you weekly uh, to just talk about the draft, players, what's going on, what they're doing, uh, and really take you inside uh, the field, what players have going on, and, and kind of bring you regular draft audio so look forward to having that every week um starting today so thanks for listening if you are listening right now uh let's just jump into it so the first weekend for me took a trip down to florida which is an extremely loaded area for the draft this year you really can't go wrong if you're going anywhere in the state this spring uh, but for me i started with a prep baseball report event in Merritt island florida to see a couple high school players um see Mason Denneberg, Carter Stewart, Elijah Cabell, David Luthjay, and others. We'll get into that later. You can hear from Mason Denneberg and Carter Stewart on this podcast. They'll talk about what they did in the offseason, what they're working on, what they're excited for this spring. But before we jump into that, a couple couple notes for some big-time prospects. There was news this weekend that Ethan Hankins, the number two overall prospect on the Baseball America Top 200. You can check that out on the website if you haven't seen it already. Uh, but Ethan Hankins, a really talented right-hander out of Georgia, committed to Vanderbilt. We heard that he exited a start with an apparent injury and found out that he uh, had some shoulder tightness. Uh, you don't hear about shoulder tightness as much as you hear about the elbow these days. Uh, but he got it checked out. There's no tears He's going to do some physical therapy and hopefully be back in a few weeks. Um, So hopefully nothing too bad from Hankins there. Hopefully he can get back on the mound soon and get back to throwing. Uh, He's obviously a very exciting talent. Gets up to 97, 98 with arguably the best fastball in the class in our preseason All-America high school teams and best tools list. Hankins unanimously won uh, best fastball, I believe, and he also was... Uh, given best fastball life by scouting directors who who uh, filled out our ballot. Um, so v- obviously a very talented uh, pitcher in the running for 1-1 overall if he can continue to stay healthy and pitch and just, just throw like he did last summer. Another unfortunate um, piece of news is Stephen Gingry with Texas Tech. He came out after just 2.1 innings in his first start of the year against the University of Maine. Uh, we found out that he had a torn UCL. He's going to be out for the season, unfortunately. He only threw 19 pitches this season, uh, which is a huge bummer. Obviously, everyone's excited that baseball's back and we're, we're rearing to go. So to hear about kind of these little injury nuggets is, is disappointing. You never want to hear that for any of these players. Uh, but Ging- Gingry was the uh, number number 49 prospect in the BA, BA 200. Excuse me. He was also a member of the preseason All-America third team. Um, in the college ranks, as voted on by Major League Scouting Directors again. Um, so best wishes to him going forward. Hopefully the surgery goes well and he's able to get back and kind of uh, become the player that he was before. Really good changeup from Gingri. He would have been a fun guy to watch, so it's tough to hear that he's out. But let's jump into some of the guys that, that I saw this weekend. 
Uh, first, we'll go to Merritt Island and talk about Mason Denneberg. He's the number 19 overall prospect, um, committed to Florida. He's got one of the one of the best fastballs in the high school class for sure in the mid 90s. Touches 96 at times last summer. That was actually uh, it was fun to see him in the first inning in this stint. He had a four inning start against uh, TNXL Academy, which is just loaded with Division One prospects in their own right. Uh, but Denver getting the start on his home turf with 100 plus scouts, around 20 scouting directors at this event. Uh, and he was juiced up up to 97 miles per hour in the first inning. I talked to him after the game, uh, and he talked about how much his adrenaline was pumping. So he's definitely excited to get out there. He was a little bit erratic in that first inning. Uh, he was probably throwing more than he was pitching, and I think he owns up to that in the interview we have later. But uh, settled into the 90-93 mile per hour range after that, touching 94 regularly, and struck out 10 batters over four innings. So a really good uh, outing for him. The biggest development uh, or, or the best look from him was his breaking ball. Uh, he threw a slider last summer, but maybe didn't throw it enough for scouts to get a great look at it. Uh, and over the offseason, he actually developed more of a curveball. He kind of experimented in some flat ground sessions and in long toss, found a new grip, uh, and is throwing a 77 to 80 mile per hour breaking ball. He calls it a slurve. It's got a curveball look, uh, but that pitch was sharp. Um, and let's actually just go ahead and, and go to Mason. He tells you, uh, we'll have an interview with him after the game. We did. I already did have the interview, but you're going to hear it next. Uh, Mason will talk about kind of how he's able to, to calm himself down after the first inning when he's pitching in front of a huge crowd uh, on the first first game of the season for him. Uh, we'll go into that a little bit. He'll talk about his development of the breaking ball, his goals over the off season. Uh, and then his goals moving forward throughout the rest of this spring. Uh, so with that, here's Mason Denneberg. Mason, congrats on the start. Ten strikeouts tonight and four innings. Throwing some thunderbolts there in the first, up to 97. Just take me through your start. How'd you feel? Obviously, it's early in the season, but just what was working for you out there? Um, the fastball was working good, and obviously, I felt pretty good out there. Um, you always have a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. You see all the people back there, but you just gotta breathe, and it's just like any other game. So. Yeah. Well, with this one, it's obviously a big event, a ton of scouts out here, big tournament at your home field. How tough is it to kind of rein yourself? fan after that first inning. The velo dropped down in the second innings, but it seemed like you were more effective with your fastball. Using your off speed, we'll get into that more, but how do you kind of rein yourself in after you're pumped up? I mean, I just came back in the dugout, relaxed, took a couple of rests, and just was like, it's going to be alright, and then came back out the next inning and was just trying to pitch instead of throw, and then the rest is history. There you go. And then tonight, we saw a lot of the curveballs, more than we saw last summer, maybe a different pitch. We'll get into that as well, but can you just tell me a little bit about the development of that pitch? You had, I think, 11 swings and missed total. I think seven or eight were on the curveball. Tell me a little bit about that pitch and how comfortable you are with that. I mean, i gotten so much more comfortable with it as I've just been like throwing because I guess I've never went out and just you know, threw change-ups from 90 feet away or like got in and did flight ground work. It was always just to go out there and just go do your thing and whatever happens, happens. And then I started throwing flight grounds, working on it, working on different grips, working on just like movements with it kind of. and then So just a bunch of experimentation you yeah, found the grip you liked and I it just worked? Yeah, and it was easy to command and figured out that like where like when I'm trying to look at the catcher, what I'm trying to look at when I'm trying to spot at each pitch, and if you're gonna aim smaller, you're obviously gonna miss smaller, and if you're gonna aim at a giant glove, you might miss by three feet. Yep, definitely. And then last summer, obviously, you made a, a name for yourself on the summer showcase circuit. What were kind of your goals this off season that you wanted to take from the summer, and what you did? Because what do you think you did well last summer, and then I guess what do you want to improve on heading into the 
spring in her final. I wanted to like first I wanted to work on my strength because I feel like I'm a little weaker than most, but I worked on that really hard. You know, I was in the weight room every day after school with the team, and we were just we we're just all getting after it, and then. Yeah, I mean, and I wanted to work on fastball command was yeah. another big thing because it was always like one outing I'd be on and then the next outing I'd be, oh, what happened to this kid? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I mean, I just ended up, I don't know, just me throwing bullpens and working as a yeah. pitcher ended up helping. Definitely. Can you go a little bit into your off-season workout routine? Did you change up what you did this this winter, I guess, from what you've done in the past? Was it more intense or were you just kind of working was, on specific things? It was more intense and more working on specific things. Like I would work on my back because me and actually the training routine, so we like, he would always tell me how I need to hold my shoulders back because yeah. I was like this. Yeah. Like, so, all right, we're going to work on that. And then we worked on a bunch of stuff. And just, like, my legs is another big thing so I can go deep into games because I don't usually use my legs so yeah. much when I pitch, as people say. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just my legs. And then, obviously, bench and forearms are another big thing. Here you go. I like working on the right. forearms. Well, you look good today. I guess, what are you uh, looking forward to final season? Anything in particular that you want to improve on from this start or just enjoy with your final year? I want to enjoy with my friends and just keep having fun because yep. Once you stop having fun, what's the point, you know? Denneberg was the highest-ranked prospect in the PBR event uh, Thursday, but there was also number 25, Carter Stewart, a right-hander committed to Mississippi State. That was a good look as well. He pitched in the first game against Vero Beach, and his velocity was a tick up uh, over three innings, uh, a little bit higher than what we saw from him last summer when he was in the upper 80s and lower 90s. Uh, it was just a three-inning stint from him again, but he was 90-93, touching 94-95, uh, including a few times in the third inning. Carter Stewart obviously is known for his curveball, arguably the best breaking pitch in the class. That was voted uh, by scouts as the best curveball, the best breaking ball overall, actually, uh, in the high school ranks. Uh, and I'd say he probably has a, a pretty solid argument as the best breaking ball period in the class, college players included. Uh, it's regularly over 3,000 RPMs, which is extremely high. Uh, he won a TrackMan Award for it last summer, uh, and I believe they said it was one of the best pitches they've, they've seen, period, according to the, the spin rates on that. But it wasn't as consistent as we've seen it in the past in this start. It showed double-plus early with some power, got some swings and miss on the pitch, but in the second and third, he struggled to get on top of it. Uh, at times, the release point was a little bit more inconsistent, uh, but still a good outing for him. He allowed one run on two singles, but we're going to talk to Carter Stewart here about that curveball, how how easy it is for him to, to kind of get feel for that pitch early in the season. Uh, he talks about how he's able to manip- manipulate the pitch excuse me, during starts and during games when he kind of sees tendencies from hitters. He changes up how he uses it. So we touch on that. We also talk about his golf game. Carter Stewart is is an incredibly talented golfer as well. Could have at least a college career in golf if he if he didn't throw such a good curveball. But we talk about how he's taken um, some lessons from golf uh, and and used it in baseball as far as his mental game. Um, but a really fun conversation with Carter Stewart. So let's go ahead and jump into that. Here is Carter Stewart. First of all, how'd you feel there tonight? Obviously, uh, a big tournament, a lot of scouts out here. I know you're used to that at this point, but just take me through your game today. How'd you feel? Uh, I felt well. I mean, I knew when going out there that I was only going to throw three or four innings, so I wasn't exactly. I was I was playing the game as, as kind of a reliever in a way, but I went out there and I just I, I tried to do my job and, and get outs and try not to let up any runs. I had one run given up there, but I mean, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that happens. Yeah. And obviously, early in the season, it takes a while for you to kind of get informed. How do you feel now? 
as compared to maybe last year in the middle of the summer when you had that curveball just filthy every time out. Just really, that's a pitch that, that you've become known for. Uh, does it take a while for you to kind of get that down at the beginning of the season, or is that a pitch where you can come out and just throw it whenever you want, whenever you want? Um, actually, yeah, you're correct on the fact that during the season, it takes me a little bit to get the pitch back yeah. just because of facing hitters. It's mm -hmm. kind of, it's a pitch based on the hitters I, it, I face, so it needs to work off them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I can throw it a lot of times on command, and usually when I come back, it's good, but I mean, I still need to improve it more, so coming out here and throwing it against these hitters and whatnot, I uh, I feel like I was in, it was getting better and better as yeah. I progress. You talk about kind of adjusting that pitch to the batters. What do you mean by that? Is it kind of, uh, if you have like a scouting report on a guy, you know they're weak uh, certain sides? Is it the shape of the pitch? Is it the speed of the pitch? What do you kind of tinker with depending on the batters you're facing? Uh, usually the first time through, I try to keep it somewhat consistent on throwing it 0-2 in the dirt or, or throwing it for a strike when needed to, but yeah. as I progress and see more hitters, I'll see kind of their tendencies, maybe yeah. standing off the plate or standing on the plate where I need to move, move the pitch. So, and sometimes, I mean, I'll, start, I'll slow the pitch down or speed it up depending on the batter. If I really need to get an out, I might yeah. throw one hard or stuff like that. It just depends on who, what, what kind of their tendencies, and, and I'll adjust to that. For sure. And within games, how easy is it for you to kind of manipulate that pitch and change it? Is that something that you've kind of progressed through the past? Is that something that you've always been able to do well? Uh, uh, I guess, how does that feel? Like, is it difficult for you to do that, or is it completely natural? Uh, it's a lot. It's pretty natural in a way. I, as the game goes on, and even when the game starts, yeah. I usually can manipulate the pitch to a lot of my liking because it's just like it's such a natural, it's, it's such a field pitch in a yeah, way sure. that, that that's how you have to throw it, in my opinion. That's no, there's no mechanics that are special about it. It's just it's been simply how I feel. Yep. And the velocity for you was a tick up today, as opposed to what we've seen last summer. Can you take me through what your off-season plans were and what your goals were going into the off-season? Uh, a lot. I mean, this off-season, I'm glad I finished early. Early August, I was I was done and it got shut down, and I finally got some time to really rejuvenate and get my strength back and mm -hmm. I went out and worked with a strength coach and got my legs back and my body and really put some meat on and I got out there on the mound and I, it just felt better. Mm -hmm. I mean my arm was better and just my legs were better and it just So you feel it right away coming out I guess this spring your first times in the bullpens, first time getting on the mound you can tell a difference? Yes there, I could tell a difference from the start. Alright let's, let's hop over here real quick so we don't get back. But um also kind of want to talk about what you learned from last summer. Um, was there anything in particular that either you heard from scouts or you heard from coaches or you just noticed yourself that you wanted to kind of improve on and work towards uh, this spring? One thing for sure was actually working on my third pitch because yeah. I'm known for that second pitch, but a lot of as you progress and be a starter, you're going to have to have a third pitch. Mm -hmm. I threw a few times today and I... Yeah, yeah it looked sharp. Yeah, it's, it was much improved and I, that's a little thing I worked on a lot this offseason. And obviously the changeup, that's a field pitch as well. Is there mm. anything that you've done kind of to work on that or is it just a matter of getting out there and throwing it more? often and throwing it to more batters in games because I imagine at your level when you've got a fastball that can overpower batters you often don't want to throw the change up to some guys it's maybe a chance for them to catch up is that the case for you um yeah but I mean uh, this season we're gonna I'm gonna face a lot of good hitters who are, know about my second pitch and who know I can throw a curveball so I'm gonna have to manip manipulate it in there even to batters who are just above average mm -hmm. because you can't rely on the curveball throwing it too much you got to mix it up so. awesome and I've heard you're really good at golf can you take me through your golf game a little bit and does is that any Anything that you do uh, out there on the course, does that kind of relate to baseball? Is there anything that you take from golf that helps your, your baseball game or vice versa? Uh, actually, yes. The mental side of golf is very similar yeah. to the mental side of baseball because I, I played a lot of tournament golf in my life and standing over a four or five foot putt, I mean, that's just hard as throwing an 0-2 yeah. fastball or 0-2 curveball just because it's just it's nerving in a way. Yeah, but for sure. It, 
I mean, similarities. It's that's a, that's a lot of where I've got my mental side of the game from. But that's it, it's also outside of the game. It's kind of a thing, a recreational thing that calms me from baseball yeah, when I need sure. some time to myself. So. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate the time, Carter. Uh, what are you looking forward to the rest of the spring and your final year in high school? Just have fun. Just enjoy while it lasts. So, I mean, it, it's going to go by quick, but I'm excited. Awesome. Thanks, man. There were a handful of other top prospects at the Prep Baseball Report Florida Preseason Classic. Uh, definitely check out reports of all those players, including David Luth, Jay, Elijah Cabell, Nick Pogue, Kyle Dentman, and others at BaseballAmerica.com for subscribers. If you subscribe, we definitely appreciate that. You can get in-depth breakdowns uh, on Denneberg Stewart and all the players that I just named. Uh, but after the PBR event, I headed up north to DeLand, Florida to see Stetson and Logan Gilbert. Gilbert is a right-handed pitcher, and he is number 14 on our top 200 list. Uh, Gilbert didn't have his best stuff in this one. Uh, again, there's a full recap and report on his his game, but he was 90-93 mostly, touching a few 94s. Uh, threw a couple of sliders at the beginning, but then scrapped that pitch. He told me afterwards that he wasn't really feeling it in the game. Stetson actually came away with a win in this one. It was a, it was a very good game, um, but Gilbert gave up five runs, four of which came on one swing of the bat, a grand slam on a fastball that he left up. Um, but he still got a lot of swings and misses with the pitch, 10 strikeouts for him, so it wasn't like he didn't have anything working for him. Uh, he lives in the zone pretty well with a fastball that plays up. I think his extension is is extremely impressive. Uh, that's going to help him regardless of where the velocity is with the pitch. He he is not phased by going inside or, or going up to, to batters, but uh, maybe a little too fastball reliant in this start with the off speed not being where he wanted it. Um, but I got a chance to catch up with Logan Gilbert after the game, talk to him about his development at Stetson, what he learned from the summer when he was perhaps the best pitcher in the Cape Cod League. We talked about how he felt in this start, kind of his uh, mentality on the mound uh, when things aren't going as well as he probably wants it to go. He was very upbeat about everything. Obviously, it's just his first start of the year. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. Good talk with Logan Gilbert. Brooks Wilson actually is another interesting prospect who, who performed in this when he came in as a pinch hitter in the top of the eighth, uh, bottom of the eighth, excuse me. Hit a pinch hit triple, wound up scoring the winning run, closed out the game with a 1-2-3 inning. But let's get into this interview with Logan Gilbert. Obviously, first game of the season. I'm sure you're trying to shake some of the rust off. Mm-hmm. Looked like you performed pretty well outside of maybe the one pitch that yeah. kind of changes a lot of things. But just how did you feel tonight? Yeah, it was all right. Uh, from the get-go, I could see I didn't have everything working. I was mm-hmm. fighting a little bit, battling out there. Um, just trying to get ahead. And, you know, they, they worked the pitch count up a little bit. Like you said, the one pitch, I wish I could get back. But, you know, luckily we had a lot of guys that picked me up in there. Um, but, yeah, just just not trying to do too much. Uh, I know there's a lot going on on Friday nights, especially yeah. opening night. So, just try to settle in and do my thing. Definitely. And obviously this season is a big year for you. You come in with a lot of expectations, a lot of draft hype as well with your performances in the past. How do you kind of take that and set it to the side and just focus on what you can do on the mound, especially in the first game of the season? Yeah, uh, 
Uh, I think you just got to remember what kind of player you are, mm -hmm. and uh, you know what you did last year, or the year before, and it's it's not like everything changes just because mm -hmm. more people are watching this year. I still want to go out there and do the same things I've always done, working with the same catcher, the same players, everybody. So it's really not uh, you know looking out into the stands too much yeah. and uh, you know buying into the hype. You just want to keep your head down and go one pitch at a time. Exactly. You mentioned that you uh, you said you didn't feel like you had everything today. What were you mainly relying on? What do you feel like you didn't have as well as you normally might have? Uh, what was kind of your game plan, I guess? Yeah, um, just a uh, put away strikeout, maybe breaking ball. Mm -hmm. I could I could drop it in there when I needed to early in the yeah. count. Um, getting some swings and misses on breaking balls would have been nice. I felt like uh, I controlled the fastball pretty well mm -hmm. in and out. Um, didn't really get to the changeup today. Uh, you know, I've been working on that a lot, so hopefully next time. But, uh, you know, just, just fighting through it. Yeah, and then with the fastball, it seemed like you really felt comfortable living up in the zone, getting a lot of swings and misses there as well. Yeah. Again, outside of the one pitch that he took out, it seemed like you had success with that. Is that something you're comfortable in, attacking up in the zone and elevating? Yeah, I, I, that's part of my game, just attacking and going after guys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if I can get swings and misses up in the zone and then that sets up breaking pitches as mm -hmm. well, um, I think that's just, uh, it, it works out uh, deeper in the ballgame. Can you tell me a little bit about your success in the Cape last summer? Obviously, you are one of the better pitchers in the league there, performed extremely well. What did you maybe take away from that or find out about yourself as a pitcher? Uh, yeah, it was a big learning summer. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff was the mental game that I took away. I got a lot from the coaches up there and, of course, um, just some of the other pitchers on my teams. I mean, I mean great guys. Um, just learning how to compete, uh, what that means day in and day out, and kind of got the, the professionalism that comes with it. For sure. And can you tell me a little bit about the decision to come to Stetson and kind of the development you've had since you've been here? Obviously, two guys who are on the fence out there have a great track record of right. here and then performing in the big leagues. Yeah. Can you tell me just a little bit about what Stetson's done for you as a pitcher since you've been here? Yeah. Well, like you said, you see those guys, and, yeah. and, and it proves that you can go to the school and make it to the big league, so that's the goal. Um, but just from day one, uh, Coach Thurneau's done a great job with me, uh, working on the mental game first, then uh, what it takes to be a well-rounded pitcher with the breaking balls, the running game, all that stuff. So it's learning how to get guys out and not just try to blow by guys all the time. I guess and the last question for me is moving forward this season, what's something that you're, you're trying to improve on or take from this start or just in general that you want to focus on for the rest of this season? Um, just getting ahead, mixing everything everything up. Uh, if, like I said, if I got to the changeup, I think that would have helped a little bit. Uh, keeping guys on their toes where they're not just, you know, sitting on a fastball waiting for that to happen. Um, but for the most part, just staying down in the zone and execute pitches. Awesome. If you were not aware of the two pitchers that Logan and I were referencing there uh, are Corey Kluber and Jake DeGrom, both Stetson grads who obviously have had some good success in the major leagues, one of which is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. So pretty good track record there. For the Stetson arms, Logan Gilbert, uh, a guy who could potentially follow in that path. Uh, but after seeing Gilbert Friday night, I headed up to Gainesville Saturday to see Jackson Coar, who was one of two pitchers on Florida's staff who has the potential to go in the top of the first round come this June. Coar, uh, it looked like he was going to start off slow as well. First inning, he gives up a few hits, including a home run to Joe Derpich. Uh, gives up two runs in the first inning, but after that, it was... Almost flawless for Coar. He improved the tempo in his delivery. That was cited by both him, Coach Kevin O'Sullivan, and J.J. Swartz behind the plate as uh, the reason for his excuse me his success in that game. Coar um, struck out ten batters, didn't walk a single batter, pitched in the low nineties, touching ninety four fairly regularly. The changeup, obviously a plus pitch for him. It's long been something he's relied on and used effectively. The curveball also looked pretty good. 
he refers to it as a slider sometimes, but it was referred to as both a slider and a curveball in interviews after the game with coaches and players. Again, this one looks like a curveball out of his hand more so than a slider in my opinion. Uh, but either way, it was effective. He froze up some right-handed hitters, hitters a bit when he'd throw it at their shoulders, and then it'd break in and, and kind of sneak back onto the plate for a strike. So he has a legitimate three-pitch mix now and used that to retire 14 straight batters to end the game um, and and really was just impressive throughout after that first inning. Once he sped up the tempo a little bit, I think he figured some things out in his delivery or the tempo uh, kind of caused that. His arm didn't drag as much as it was in the in the earlier innings. Uh, he got some momentum down the mound a little bit better and, and maintained the velocity pretty well. I think it actually ticked up as the outing went on. Not a ton, but he was more 93-94 later in the game than he was in the beginning. But let's go ahead and dive into the interview after the game with Jackson Coar. Pretty, pretty solid out there. Yeah, I, I definitely settled in towards the end there. Obviously, um, that's a super aggressive team, and they, and they kind of jumped me early and, and took advantage of some fastballs that I did not locate. Um, so that was definitely a, a little bit of a grind getting through the first, and they were really swinging it. But uh, I was glad I was able to settle in and, and throw some zeros up and, and keep us in the game. And then, uh, obviously, you know, we made no errors, so it's pretty easy to do that with that kind of defense. And then we uh, we swung it really well today. So uh, overall, it was a lot of fun just to get out there. And uh, it's, no, it's no fun watching. So it's kind of it's nice to get the first one on my belt. So excited. Yep. Any nerves with it being your first game? Uh, you know, more more a little bit. Just anxious to get out there and get started with the guys. It's kind of opening night's fun, but you know I didn't really feel like I got out there. So it's nice to kind of feel part of the team and, and contribute a little bit. So no nerves, just kind of ready to get out there. You were working on that third pitch. How were you able to throw a slider tonight and really mix that in? Yeah, I think you know um, just being able to throw it for a strike was big. Especially you know they were all over my fastball early. So going into the game and Definitely a, a big thing for me tonight, and uh, something I'm looking to you know, build upon. Did you feel like you were getting stronger inning by inning as you? Yeah, I definitely thought. Yeah. You know, I felt it out. I got my, my tempo up a little bit. I was a little, I was a little uh, slow with my tempo early in the game, so I kind of got it kicked in a little bit towards towards the back half of the outing, and kind of and kind of started getting pretty comfortable out there, and was just attacking hitters. Okay. You retired the last 14 you face while you're going through. Do you realize something like that? No, I mean, you, you realize that you're, you're throwing well, but I don't even really keep track, I think. Um, you know, just kind of locking in with JJ and just trying to execute pitches. Listen, when you see them kind of jumping on the fastball, how is, easy is it for you to kind of switch up what your game plan is in the moment? Yeah, I mean, realistically, if I, you know, locate a fastball is still the best pitch in baseball, so even though they're all over it, I knew that if I could still locate a fastball, I wasn't, you know, scared to throw it. I just was leaving them up. Um, but, you know, I think having that third pitch this year is something that, that's nice when, let's say, my fastball command isn't there early in the game that I can. I was able to dump in a lot of breaking balls for stri for called strikes, which was which was big to just kind of get me through some of those innings yeah. I was struggling early in the game. Changeup's always been your strong pitch. Is it nice to kind of come out there the first game and know that it's there? It's kind of a field pitch, but just to have it right away. Yeah, I think I think you know I obviously spiked a couple, so still and choked a couple off, so that's still. Um, you know, not as consistent as I want it to be, but it is nice just knowing that I have I have that pitch and um, you know something I've had a lot of success with. And, and then you know working with JJ back there, I think he does. I have a lot of confidence going to him because he's caught me for three years. And, and so, especially when I have a tendency to, to you know throw in the dirt a little bit, I know that you know he's seen it a bunch, and I'm really confident with him blocking the ball. And he did a great job with that tonight. You mentioned the anxiousness uh, going in. Did having this kind of run support fairly early help out with that? Yeah, obviously it's nice to see the boys get some runs on the board, but. Um, you know, I kind of, you know, after the first thing, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't panicking or anything. I knew we were gonna, we were gonna swing it today. So, um, yeah, but it was nice to just see the boys get out there and swing it, and that gives you a lot of confidence to go, 
fill it up because you know you want to get the guys back into the dugout. That's kind of something I think we do really well is we, we pitch fast, we pitch to contact to uh, to try to get our guys back in the dugout so they can swing a little bit. You mentioned your relationship with JJ behind the plate. Uh, what what's he saying to you like back in the dugout after that first inning? Yeah, I think we were just talking about locating the fastball and, and then you know get my tempo up, but not much. I mean, I think. You know, there's no need to overreact. I think you know we've we've, we've been together a long time. My catcher for pretty much all my starts in my three years here. So, uh, not too much conversation. Um, I thought he called a great game. So, you know, we just were kind of, you know, just don't we really put down. That wraps things up for me from the first weekend of the college season. Definitely a fun trip. Got to see some good arms. Talked to some very talented players. Um, you can also find other college content from. Mike Lanana and Teddy Cahill. Mike saw Griffin Roberts at Wake Forest, who showed some impressive starter traits, uh, including a filthy slider. Teddy was at Myrtle Beach, and he has all the action from a tournament there opening weekend. Uh, on the website, you can find a new Top 25. The updated Top 25 after the first weekend series uh, have been finished. You can also listen to a Top 25 podcast where Mike and Teddy kind of go through uh, how teams fit up where they are. Uh, on the website, you'll also find a, uh, a draft post for subscribers from me kind of on how you shouldn't look too much into the results or the performance from the first weekend. It's not going to have as much draft impact as you think. Uh, so subscribe to Baseball America if you want that, as well as a bunch of other content that we have on the site. Uh, well worth the subscription. Hopefully we can uh, kind of take you guys behind the scenes and give you all the information that you're looking for. But also, feel free to hit me up on Twitter with feedback, uh, requests for the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, format ideas, how you kind of want this to to shape up throughout the season, definitely hit me up on Twitter at Carlos A. Colazzo. Uh, another fun thing I've been doing lately is the Instagram page, Carlos Colazzo BA. You can follow me there for daily videos on some of the top prospects around the country. You'll see a Logan Gilbert video, who we already mentioned in this podcast, Mason Denver, Carter Stewart. Uh, I think Jackson Carr is going up today. Uh, so you can check that out as well. But really appreciate you guys who have uh, been listening to the podcast and have uh, stuck with me through the entire thing. Uh, thanks again. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, coming back next week with more. Until next time, guys. Thank you to our followers for tuning in today. Today's podcast and our Facebook Lives are sponsored by Baseballism. Visit Baseballism.com for the best apparel in baseball and enter the code BASHIP to save 20%. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.